I'm Marianne Kolbezak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Frank Catucci, who is CTO and Head of Research at security firm Invicti, and we'll be discussing some of the top threats and challenges facing the healthcare sector. So, Frank, as you know, we've seen an array of cyber attacks on the healthcare sector, including ransomware attacks by groups such as the Russian backed group Black Hat, and also denial of service attacks by Killnet, another Russian backed group. As you look at the healthcare sector, what cybersecurity threats and challenges are you most concerned about right now and why? With regards to the healthcare sector, I would say that there's definite concern over disruptions of service. Again, disruptions of service culminating from a variety of type of attacks, especially in this case, ransomware uh, and or denial of service, right? So when a ransomware attack occurs, it essentially providing a denial of service, if you will, by having files and things like that locked and encrypted. And what that can do is disrupt the ability to treat patients. Uh, This can have ripple down effects, right? So what concerns me most there uh, is that if healthcare is an industry that starts to be targeted more, this can have, you know, human life consequence uh, and affected type of patients and treatments, uh, especially in emergency care facilities. So this is something that I think should always be uh, top of mind for any folks that are looking to be defensive and or prohibitive in cyber crime type of prevention. So Frank, what do you make of the attacks we have been seeing from Russian affiliated threat actor groups like Black Hat and Killnet? And as the one year anniversary of the Ukraine-Russia war passes, mm-hmm. do you think we'll see more of these sorts of attacks? Will they worsen? What are your expectations and why? Yeah, I I think ransomware is one of those things that's kind of here to stay for a while. Um, It's very opportunistic and it seems to go in streaks on industry. First of all, I would say that the the attackers have little to no consequence, meaning that there's no extradition for someone in Eastern Europe, say Russia, et cetera, to be extradited for criminal prosecution based on illegal activities such as ransomware hacking and things of that nature. Um, So there's very little risk to reward and what when that occurs, uh, you really get opportunistic type of attacks. You get attacks for hire. You get uh, other folks that are willing to profit share attacks, like in the Black Cat scenario. And you know we see this as a as a growing threat. And again, from healthcare specific, I mentioned streaks. If there is something that a an attacker can identify as an inherent weakness in a in a in a system or a group of systems within an industry, we tend to see that those types of businesses or that type of industry is attacked in in a kind of repetitive manner as the attackers are leveraging common weak points among that sector. Um, And so, you know, the war in Ukraine is is just kind of a ramp up. But uh, I think there's very much a situation here where, you know, the risk to reward, again, the opportunistic piece there and the inherent vulnerabilities of you know, really older legacy systems being primarily in a lot of healthcare settings sets up a little bit of the perfect storm for these type of attacks. Um, Lehigh Valley Health Network announced publicly that they were a victim of a cybersecurity attack by Black Hat in particular. This was, an it looked like an entry point into an imaging system 
uh, or a system that houses imaging records of patients. So they were not directly impacted in an emergency care facility, but it looks like it easily could have gone that way if those systems were vulnerable as well. So uh, I do think we're in that type of pattern right now. So Frank, what about other emerging or under-recognized cyber threats and risks that you see facing the healthcare sector? Anything that you think needs more attention? And in terms of the weak points and vulnerabilities, I know you mentioned legacy systems, what else are you most concerned about? I think we know that the the you know the mode of entry or the entry point from the external perimeter if you will is usually some type of web-based attack, right? So we're, we have this in two or three different ways. I think we're looking at phishing as the primary example, but when phishing is combined with weak attack entry points, meaning your web application presence or any application or API presence that's externally accessible, uh, we can combine things like leveraging those attacks like cross-site scripting in combination with phishing attacks. And what happens there is now you're really essentially having a, let's say a spoofed message, right? And the malicious URL can contain your domain name. And if there's cross-site scripting on your domain, it's very easy to get a phishing, uh, a victim to be able to click on that link and be exploited. So, you know, I would say that it's a combination of things. It would be the legacy systems that are occurring very commonly in the healthcare sector. So they're unhardened, unpatched, vulnerable older software components. And then there's the, um, you know, the web and API presence that can be used in combination with these attacks for the, basically the entry point uh, into from an external to an internal type of penetration. And then finally, we have the ever-growing kind of expansion of cloud adoption, right? Meaning that as resources and things are moved from on-prem or hybrid data center type environments to fully cloud present environments, there's a lot more complexity in the configuration uh, and the hardening and communication between services, et cetera, that needs to occur. So discovery is another huge piece of that, that I would say is important, especially as companies and, and healthcare in particular are moving to the, the cloud, if you will. So there's a lot of kind of discovery components that are out there to say, hey, you know, we're trying to protect our environment, but it's no longer these physical machines. Now it's a, a cloud presence and we need to keep an accurate inventory uh, of that presence and, and be able to eliminate entry points, if you will. So Frank, you mentioned the cloud, you know, web applications, phishing. As healthcare entities move from on-premises systems to web applications, cloud-based or hybrid environments, how do you see this affecting their vulnerability to the kinds of incidents, incidents we are seeing, such as ransomware and DDoS? Sure. So anytime you open up that footprint, um, right? So before, you know, previously you may have had a, a data center that is sending behind a corporate firewall that it, now all of your endpoints are behind a corporate firewall. And it's it's a very difficult point of entry. With cloud apps and and obviously the the kind of expediency and performance that you get out of, out of cloud and the public accessibility for various types of systems and self-service, you increase that footprint from the external uh, attack vector, right? Meaning that that footprint is now now visible and or accessible 
uh, from a variety of places on the internet for your users, for convenience, uh, for, for services that talk to each other, pharmacies to imaging services, et cetera. And so really it's like a web of networks uh, that are connecting to deliver this very fast and friendly and expedient user experience. So that footprint grows as does the attack vector. And what we need to do is make sure that we are adequately scanning and securing that external footprint and those web applications and APIs and utilizing the different tooling that's available out there, right? So things like and anything from uh, software composition analysis to SAST to especially DAST or dynamic application scanning. So really what you want to do is continuously scan your external presence, your web applications, your APIs, et cetera, that you can understand what vulnerabilities are present and then prioritize those for remediation to best protect yourself from that ever-increasing footprint of uh, external posture that's now accessible. So Frank, you mentioned the importance of scanning. Any other key advice for healthcare sector entities in terms of better preventing falling victim to some of the cyber threats that we're discussing today? I would say there there are another a few things again, right? So user training, security awareness training, um, trying to do your best to take the human elements out of the equation, meaning that we're going to try to train our users a little better, not click on links that may or may not come from trusted parties and or unsolicited type of uh, messages. Beyond user training, uh, spam filtering, you know, having a, a fortified solution for email filtering some of that malicious content out, hardening your perimeter basically by making sure that software is updated, making sure that patches are applied, making sure that external network con uh, network configuration rules, access lists are, are accurate and keeping a very good hygiene, preventative care, right? We talk about preventative care a lot in healthcare and that preventative care really kind of equates back to cybersecurity as well, where if we're taking these preventative measures to scan, protect and fix any vulnerabilities earlier in the process or, you know, in a preventative type of nature, then really it cuts down on susceptibility of attack for you know the impact that can can happen from ransomware or other types of attacks via either again phishing, web applications, APIs, email, um, drive-by attacks for viruses and things of that nature. And finally, Frank, you mentioned legacy systems earlier, and then you also mentioned the importance of updating software. Any mm -hmm. advice for healthcare entities in terms of protection against? Incidents that do involve these legacy systems that perhaps there are no recent updates available, but they don't want to get rid of the equipment? Yeah, I would say mitigations, right? So there are things we can do to mitigate the risk. Uh, one would be having ample protections being like web application firewalls, uh, having any firewalls that are network-based turned on, IDS, IPS, et cetera. And most importantly, from the ransomware perspective, especially healthcare, have backups, meaning make sure that you're practicing having full system backups and recovery, not just the backups, but you're also doing test restores of the data. Make sure that those backups are segregated from the networks in which you're protecting or backing up so that if you do get encrypted or, or ransomware, that the backups are also not encrypted or ransomware and, and those are on a segregated or separate network. 
and sure that everything is fortified as much as possible. But really, it's walking through those exercises of making sure your backups are up to date, making sure they're functionable, recoverable, any mitigating factors such as web application firewalls, uh, IDS, IPS, network configs, etc., that really can be preventative in nature to try to mitigate any risk or exposure from those legacy systems that may not have the luxury of just you know running a patch or an update. Well, thank you very much, Frank. I've been speaking to Frank Cattucci. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.